Hi, everyone. Welcome to the DeSuckify Work Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Judy Cerullo, an executive and team coach with a focus on leadership and culture. We talk about navigating hybrid work environments and making sure those critical human connections can be formed, nurtured, and deepened through conversation, which led us to something called conversational intelligence, which may be one of my favorite new phrases. Look it up. It's a delightful rabbit hole that I have not fully emerged from yet. From there, we dive into culture and how it must be operationalized every day, not simply talked about on the company website or during quarterly team meetings. A great example, ditch the old school job descriptions that have been cut and pasted into irrelevance over the years and move towards what Judy calls a role descriptor, which puts each role into the context of a company's values and provides clear commitments around how to bring those values to life each day. Personally, I found a ton of value in what Judy brought to this conversation, and I think you will too. Okay, Judy Cerullo, welcome to the D Suckify Work Podcast. <laughs> Glad to be here. Excited. <laughs> really glad to have you here. I think we'll get into some fun stuff today. And and before we go too deep, I want to just give you a chance to to let people know who you are. You know, what are you what are you doing these days for work and, and how did you come to be doing it? Mm, boy. I'm actually specifically an executive and team culture coach. Mm -hmm. Um so I really my whole framework is around a people first culture. Okay. So I, I basically work with small to medium sized businesses mm -hmm. that um, and I work with the owners, their leadership team, if they have one in their teams, because that they need to have an infrastructure and system that supports people. Hmm. Most businesses have infrastructure to support the operations and mm -hmm. the admin, but they don't have systems in place to support the growth and development of their people, which leads to better accountabilities, better retention, hmm. those kinds of things. How I got here, 40 years plus clinician, hmm. four-time practice owner hmm. in four different states, um, had the trials and tribulations of building, developing, retaining teams. Um, made lots of mistakes, lots of headwinds, um, went back to coaching school in 2015 because I wanted to be able to learn how to release solving everybody's problems, but help them mm. grow and develop themselves. Mm -hmm. um, because people in healthcare, I work specifically with um, healthcare, dental, and other medical businesses. Okay. And so um, these teams really have a lot of trouble um, navigating the waters of people retention and culture and those mm -hmm. things so so uh that's really where my uh, sweet spot is and it's mm -hmm. because i've been there done that and mm -hmm. um want to help people have those pieces in place that i didn't have until you know 30 uh three decades through my business thinking this is there's something else that needs to be done here <laughs> i know it often takes like uh, many, many trips around the, uh, you know, getting beat up a little bit by process until you finally the light bulb goes off and you're like, man, we could really solve this a lot quicker. And I, and I, and I love that. And I want to, I think we'll get a chance to dig into a lot of what you're doing there, but in the healthcare space. And I really love that notion of infrastructure around people. And I, and, and that's something I think we'll get into too. 
Uh, but before we dive too much deeper, one question I like to ask people is, what, what's your point of view on the state of work right now? And it might be through the lens of the, the folks you work with, but how do you feel if there's a suck meter of how people are feeling about work? Where do you think we're on right now? Yeah, I love that question. And here, here's why. I, I think um, to a certain extent, the hybrid workspace is going to remain. Whatever mm-hmm. it looks like, I don't know. Now, yeah. when you're in healthcare, dental, service oriented, you, you you can't work from home unless you do telehealth. Exactly. But if we step back and even look further, one of the biggest um, dilemmas that employers have with our current situation is people think they want to be at home more. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what's happening is we are, human beings are hardwired to connect. Mm-hmm. And when we aren't in an environment where we connect regularly, it doesn't have to be five days a week, but if we aren't connecting, we're missing something. And mm-hmm. you're seeing that in the mental, physical, emotional well-being of people. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if people, I think hybrid is here to stay. It's what it looks like for people outside of, but they need to come in and be connected. Mm-hmm. They need to share. They need to talk. They need to converse. They need to not look through the Zoom camera mm-hmm. because that type of interaction is so much more meaningful and to their well-being, but to the business well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's interesting. I, I've, I've been somebody who's who's generally pretty pro remote, but I think it's really it's not as intuitive how to make that work for some people. And I think you do have to, if you're going to be fully or mostly remote, you have to find ways for people to connect and and you have to build infrastructure around that. And then I think if you do a hybrid setup, setup, I think there the, the challenge can be what some people might find is, oh, I show up to the office and this might not be so much true in the medical space, but, and then they show up and then that day, all they do is have their headphones on and they're just working and trying not to be distracted. So you have to be a little more careful about how you, you know, you design the workspace and design the work day and give people the opportunities to have that connection and collaboration when they're in the office and and use the, the home time for the focus stuff, which can be really great. You know? Yes. Have you encountered that at all in, in, in your work? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm mostly remote, you know, as a coach, we're remote, but do, but do I love to go into the office and interact a hundred percent The the change in the dynamics with the teams and the energy Mm -hmm. is just so much different, but it doesn't always allow us to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's a very challenging balance. Mm-hmm. to make. And I think you hit on something very important, TJ, is that when you go into the office, you've got to set it up so that it encourages interaction, mm-hmm. um, communication, conversation, and the focus, 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 non-distraction stuff can be, you know, hopefully saved for a different environment. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're going to interact all day in the office, but right. it, cha- it changes the energy. It changes the mindset. It mm-hmm. changes the mental well-being and it impacts our what happens in our brain. Mm, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's such a big part of work these days is thinking about the 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 emotional, mental health side mm-hmm. of things, you know, and um, remote or not, I think COVID sort of just disrupted everything for people. And probably, oh. you know, more so than ever in the healthcare space. I mean, you know, because whether you were dealing directly with COVID or you were simply dealing with the fact that COVID super, you know, just had cr- tremendous disruption to the way you needed to work. Um, yeah. What what have you seen as people have come on the other side of that a bit? Wh- how are people thriving through all of yeah. that? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it, it changed, um, unfortunately, the way COVID was handled mm-hmm. um, encouraged fear mm. among people. Yeah. So people are fearful and they have no reason to be. Mm-hmm. And but especially some of the younger people. Mm-hmm. And what I saw, because I coached the teams I was coaching, I coached them through COVID mm. because they were all remote. They were all mm-hmm. um, at home. They, yeah. And so they were like, what's what do we do? How do we no one had been a, had been faced with this before mm-hmm. and no one knew how to navigate it, especially the owners. Yeah. So keeping them together and helping them understand what was happening, why, and the importance of regular interactions so that they could stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> that was, that's a huge challenge, but coming out on the other end, um, people are really happy to be back together again, but there's mm-hmm. still that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's, tough. it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate because it's been pushed in and you need you need to you need to live your life. Well, yeah, and I think from a from a mental health perspective, and you know, not that coaching is specifically dealing with mental health, but I do think some of the best parts of coaching will connect to um, elements you might find in things like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which is really driven um, by things like trying not to catastrophize, trying not yes. to sort of see the worst possibility. And listen, it's it's natural to hear lots of messages coming at you and be afraid. The question yep. is now, what do we do? How do we how do we live yep. in that? How do we figure out what our best path forward is? And I feel like yes. as coaches, that's where we get to really make an impact as as you found people. Yes struggling, maybe coming from a place of fear, maybe coming from just that place of like not knowing, right? It's just like everything. It's ambiguity. Ambiguity. And yeah, mm-hmm. where do we go? How how does the work that you've done or are continuing to do help people navigate that and, and get to a place where they start to feel like, oh, I get this again. I know how to to sort of own my life and my career and my business and, and move through it again. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, um, one of the things that's so important is to help people understand um, what's triggering those feelings mm-hmm. and those emotions, mm-hmm. um, which we do as coaches, but also then to take them into a forward moving um, position where they take ownership of their responses to that in a mm-hmm. positive way, which then shifts them into having confidence mm-hmm. and courage to be able to move forward, not just spin their wheels and stand mm-hmm. still because, and so you take um, little uh, granny toe steps 
forward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you don't have to conquer big mountains. You take mm -hmm. little steps forward and, and you allow them to, you basically support them uh, to do that so that they build that repertoire in their mind and their uh, experience that they can tackle that. And the consequences are not negative. And so people people are fearful um, of all of these things, and we need to help them see that if you want to move forward and gain control, not be controlled, mm -hmm. gain control, then you need to look at things a little differently and allow those steps to be made. Mm. But, yeah, it's like even beyond COVID and all that, it's it's like the the world we live in now with sort of an onslaught of fear-based messages you know, that's the, right the news exactly is the 24 7 right. news cycle the online social media algorithms it's all geared towards the most sensationalistic uh limbic yes. brain activation yes. stuff and and yep. that's not going away right that's that you is know. our world so i think being able to do what you're talking about which is okay if that's the world and, and that's going to affect my personal relationships it's going to affect how i show up at work mm -hmm how you know we need to find you know on an individual level you need to develop your own sort of to use your word infrastructure to sort of navigate that and and yeah. figure out how do i react to all that multiple forms of, of of stimuli that are coming at me and go okay how do i have how do i control the way i interpret and then act based That's off right. of stuff and what what do you find works with people i mean it, you know is there anything that you've discovered you know as, as as this experience of fear and stuff is going on for people that that helps them sort of get that light bulb moment that they can be in control yeah i think well that's the beauty about true coaching mm -hmm. is that we can um ask very powerful inquisitive questions that mm -hmm. help open up the the space for them to think it through mm -hmm. and i think you just started when when people are stuck and sometimes they don't know they're stuck mm -hmm. they just don't feel like they are going anywhere yeah so we certainly um sit back and just say what what is it that's that is getting in the in the way mm -hmm. of you removing this thought process or this mm -hmm. action and mm -hmm. how is it serving you staying here mm -hmm. in this space mm -hmm. um and then i sometimes you know i don't use the word um goals with people much mm -hmm. because goals um are more uh, obligatory yeah and i like to use the words you know uh kind of a desire or an aspiration mm -hmm. so you know where do you want to be in six months if you mm -hmm. had three wishes mm -hmm. money and time and everything is over here yeah well what would those be mm. and that starts them opening up their mind to be uh creative in where they think they want and can go and then mm. you start you start coaching through that yeah. um and but people need to a lot of times as you have experienced they're not even aware that they're in that state. They're just stuck and frustrated. Absolutely. And, 
And you mm. are so true about the 24-7 news cycle and all the other things that are coming in all the time. People mm-hmm. can't get away. They can't get away from that. Yeah. And I, it contributes and to a lot of what you're talking about too, right? Because- 100%. You know, yes. I, I, I love the point you bring up that you don't always know that you're in that, you're stuck. I think you just, you're just, you are where you are. And it's like, mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know. And- right. Yeah, you're not progressing, but you might just think that's just how it is. And it's like, I, and I also love that you're you're speaking about sort of the true coaching thing because I think that's an interesting topic too. Because some people think coaching is consulting or advice giving or mentoring, yes, yes. and it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's not at least in its p- pure form. And uh, and those questions of like, you know, what 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 is it? How is it serving you? such a wonderful question because it's almost like it, it wakes you up to the fact that you are in control, right? You know, yes. how is it serving yes. you to be doing what you're doing every day, to be being yeah. who you're being every day, which is that, yeah. you know, that deeper level we try to get to as coaches, like the, the who behind everything. And it's like, suddenly you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it's serving me at all. And then it's like, oh, suddenly the door opens. And yes. you can see like, and in the workplace, I think, I think a lot of people are feeling stuck right now, you know, I mm-hmm. think, um, yeah. and I think it's, it's a combination of all the changes in the way we work, all of the outside influences, it can, it can put us into a bit of a shell protective mode, right? Absolutely like, does. Yeah. I just need to just deal with what's right in front of me. Cause that's all I can deal with. But I know from my own experience, you know, when I've worked with coaches, it's just every time it's just like, like another door opens, you know? And mm-hmm. um, so I love that you're sharing that perspective. And, you know, I want to maybe pivot a little bit towards how that works when you talk about things like culture, because now you're talking more collective, right? Now it's like, I think the same thing may be true, meaning a culture may shut down a little bit it may build up walls to protect itself um but but since that's a big area of focus for you how do you how are you finding work cultures these days and and how are you finding it how are you working with people to get them to see more possibility for their culture and get towards something that is a little more focused on people and growth and that kind of stuff yeah it's a good um first of all if you're working with owners and leaders they need to understand that do they even have a culture that has gaps or doesn't have gaps and mm-hmm. you know the common one of the most common quotes i hear is our, our culture is just fine mm-hmm. and when they say that <laughs> it's everybody not. has a gap in their culture right and so it could be it comes in different forms there are different mm-hmm. levels but so the first thing just like with coaching is the awareness what mm-hmm. what really what is our culture? Mm-hmm. What gaps do we what gaps do we have? I have a simple culture checkup survey that people can go to my website and mm-hmm. take and mm-hmm. find out. They get immediate results and, and they can find out where they think their culture is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a bunch of questions, but culture really is re- really revolves around behaviors. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it obviously comes from the top down, but it's what are the, when you start with culture, what really are the values that started that business in the first place? Mm. What are the stories? What are the reasons? What's the core purpose? And so actually one of the first things I do is get help people become aware that culture is a very important part of their success and it Mm -hmm. must come from the owners and or the leaders. It's got to start there. Mm -hmm. Then they have to be willing to look. It's like looking in the mirror and saying, Mm -hmm. oh, boy, we have a retention problem or we can't hire or we have people that um, leave after six months or they want more money or all these different things. Mm -hmm. Why are all those things coming up if your culture is really fine? Mm -hmm. So it's awareness. The second thing is to help them see what the gaps are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gaps and the gaps are closed by having commonality of um, core values. But more than this, core values need to represent a business. Of course, we all say that most people have core values on the wall in a book. Maybe they don't have them at all. Yeah. And, and they are words, but they mm-hmm. aren't action words mm-hmm. and they don't have descriptive behaviors that define the core values that you mm-hmm. expect your employees to demonstrate employees mm-hmm. and leadership by mm-hmm. the way everyone yeah. in the business because mm-hmm. it's it's a two-way street so that it's really important that people understand how they connect to the core purpose of the business and that's through this process of defining core values but describing them through behavioral actions. Mm. And let's let's face it, people, when people come to us, no matter what the industry, mm-hmm. they they may have all the metrics and the productivity and all the things that people that, that's easy. Mm-hmm. But where they run into head ones is the behavioral competencies, the behavioral yeah. expectations, the attitudes that mm-hmm. that need to be. Um, embodied by people in the business that's tough mm-hmm. and that's where this process is starts to build the foundation for the culture yeah i mean I, you talk about the, the gaps and, and and i and i wonder how how do you help them identify those gaps i mean it sounds like some of it is is just getting some of the facts out there meaning are people leaving too soon is there a lot of you know uh, unproductive conflict happening yes. but is there, mm-hmm. do you do you do you connect with the broader team on any level as part of that to kind of get the great question it's a great story yep that's a yep yeah so what we do usually in the first part i do um the first part of my program is really inquiry and discovery so mm-hmm. after we've after the owner and leadership has said yeah we we want to take this further they've admitted that they've got gaps mm-hmm. so they've done the culture then part of that is depending on the size is interviewing each employee all the employees and those are the discovery of you know but there's also a really cool tool that's part of the work and it's called it's an employee um survey it's anonymous Mm. so the employees answer a really cool survey Mm. about the culture and what it means to them how they define it what Mm. it looks like um and that is anonymous so then the then the business owner and the leadership team can look at this and say wow this is 
this is what they think about how we do this or mm-hmm. how we do that. And you then you start because you have to build trust. When you start working at culture, you got to start building trust. Mm-hmm. So you start having conversations around the things that are getting in the way. And the leadership has to be open to say, oh, yeah. boy. And so that's the first phase of what I do with people, but mm-hmm. it's been bringing them unaware, but you're getting input from mm-hmm. the entire, the entire team. That's why I look like working with medium size, small to medium size businesses. They yeah. need our work more than anything. The big corporate businesses, they have their internal people that do all those things. Mm-hmm. It's these small to medium sized businesses that need our help. Yeah. And there's so much room for, for impact. Right. Because yes, like, yeah, you know, exactly. in a smaller, certainly in my experience working when I'm in a, I've been in a smaller place, the, when the culture is good, it's just about the best thing ever, but it's also very easy to tip that culture in a yes, smaller space. One person can be kind of the poison pill. That's um, right. <laughs> and so you really need leadership to, to not only be, become aware of the culture and how to sort of improve it, but how to, you know, I, I want to say protect it, even though that feels like a little too defensive, but nurture it maybe is a better word. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to mm-hmm. recognize uh, potential threats to that culture before they start to blow up and become right. absolute culture killers. Um, as you work with folks, do you, so let's say you work with somebody, you find some gaps, you get people to get over that initial like, ugh really, this is, I thought we were good. And now I have to think about this. And maybe they even go through the, the five stages of grief about it, where they're in denial and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. but they finally go, okay, they do the work. And then do you, do you have some process that you either provide them or check in with them to sort of give them the tools they need to, to continue to nurture that culture? Yes. So I have a whole system. It's a framework, a six step Mm -hmm. framework. Nice. And yeah. And so it starts, it starts with that. We also create, um, and and part of the infrastructure is to create um, a position success tool for every position. Mm. And that incorporates, it's, it replaces the job description, Mm. but it incorporates the core values and the descriptive behaviors along with the flat out tasks that, and the metrics um, Mm -hmm. and it's all in one page. But it creates a discussion for on for hiring, onboarding, mm-hmm. yeah, and regular like quarterly engagements. I mm-hmm. don't I don't like annual performance reviews. Yeah. I don't I don't like job descriptions. Job descriptions are what um, recruiters use yeah. to just to say this pitch is just and that does nothing other than list some things Agreed. on it. Yeah, but you need a. Um, business owners and leaders need tools that they, mm-hmm. they can clearly define the mm-hmm. expectations to be successful in that position. Mm-hmm. So I help them. I walk them through how to develop that because that that, that puts the core values, the descriptive behaviors together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I really work with them on how do you have regular, crucial uh, and meaningful, don't have to just be crucial, but conversations. How do you have one-to-one conversations? How do you have masterful conversations so that you use this tool on a regular basis? The cadence has to be regular Mm -hmm. so that people know how to have provide two-way feedback, give Mm -hmm. and take, Mm -hmm. um, how to have candid conversations that are compassionate and caring, but truthful, Mm -hmm. um, but how to receive it. 
Yeah. They need and they need to seek. They need to demonstrate that they can receive the feedback as well mm-hmm. as as give it out. But you have to have a regular cadence of meeting with people. Then I use a tool that is a um, has seven key motivators so that people understand employers, uh, owners can find out the motivators of their employees, mm. their key mm-hmm. motivators. I couple yeah. it with the why. I use the oh, why okay. as well. Yeah, yeah, couple it with the why. And then because we are why, as you and I know, it mm-hmm. drives us, of course. Yeah. But every net, our motivators are just a tad different. Mm-hmm. And every we're finding that every three to four months they change based on our needs. Hmm. So sometimes it might just be about money that the employee that the employee needs. Mm-hmm. Somebody else really wants recognition, and that's yeah. huge in the literature anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else wants autonomy because they've got kids they have to deal with at work. So we mm-hmm. need to understand what motivates people. We know the why is a driver. Yeah. What what motivates them and what situations change that from time to time. Mm-hmm. So I use that and help them work that into their um, discussion and really coach leaders how to be coaches. Yeah. God, there's so much good stuff in there. And I think on a broad level, I, I, what I really am impressed by there is, I think you kind of talked about this, but you're really systematizing and building a very user-friendly infrastructure for people to, yep. to live the culture uh, not just like you said, put it in a book, put it on a wall, you know, like th- those things could be true, but, yes. but you're, you're, how do you, how do you make these things actionable? And that, that, that role descriptor that you're talking about just sounds so perfect to me because I think every job description I've ever seen is just, it, it just blurs into nothing to me. I'm just like, I, I don't know. I just, I know. What Nobody uses it. <laughs> no, not at all. And it's like right. and that, that idea of blending yeah, there are certain tasks that you need to do in this role, but but there's also this connection to the values and how can you demonstrate those values in this role every day? It's like, that is the missing piece for so many when they 100%. go through these values and culture exercises. It's like, yeah, I love it. Our values are to be uh, tenacious and curious and passionate. And then like three days later, it's like, I got a crazy person on the phone from wanting something and it's like, I'm not curious, I'm not passionate and I'm not tenacious at all in that moment. Right. And that is like, exactly right. Right. And like, but if, if you, if you, if you provide me the tools to at least understand how might I show up with, with at least one of those values in that moment, maybe, maybe one of you know, can I be curious about what's going on with that customer that they might be really frustrated right now? Okay. I'm going to bring curiosity to this one, you know, like, but it's not it's not intuitive for people. It's no. Um, and then I love that you then also systematize regular feedback both directions, right? Because I think mm-hmm. you know the feedback from from manager to to employee is sort of what we expect, right? It's like okay, I know at some point they're going to tell me what they think I'm doing is good or not. Um, <laughs> the, the the feedback in that other direction. Even if we've read books and we've heard about the concept of 360 feedback and all that, it's still our instinct is to to not do it because we That's don't right. we want to protect ourselves. So you have to be overly uh, curious about wanting that feedback and overly communicative about yeah. that you want that feedback, and then 
receive it with grace yes. and and humility and yes. and then take action on it do, do you find that people are are generally willing to do that once they go through your process yes but it takes a while because they yeah. have to you have to build the trust mm -hmm. first yeah in just the interactions that occur amongst mm -hmm. people they say yeah. oh yeah i trust so and so to do their job and i trust them well wait a minute let's talk about you know the conversational component to that mm. and giving and receiving it be it becomes a little bit different there's another piece to that core um the core values and the descriptive behaviors uh mm -hmm. tj and one of the the and this all comes from the culture fix academy that um i've been working with they mm -hmm. have a tool called the core score and what this does is it allows um this is where the rubber meets the road, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it allows a 360. Mm -hmm. So uh, this this actual score, and I hate to use the word score or rating, mm -hmm. it's a tool that helps um, team members observe the descriptive behaviors of the core values. Mm. So in other words, you and I both know, okay, so you've got your core values, you've got your descriptive behaviors. So what do you do with them? If people mm -hmm. don't abide by them, what do you do? Yeah. What are the consequences? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what this tool does is every quarter along with the meet the discussion is it's a, an anonymous 360 where mm -hmm. each team member looks at the descriptive behaviors for their fellow team members. And these team members, by the way, created the descriptive behaviors. Mm, so they, nice. they wrote them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's how it is. That's, that's the buy-in piece. Mm -hmm. And say, hmm, okay, I did observe that in Mary Jane this mm -hmm. month, or I did I observe that so and so comes in late, you know, four out of five days, which mm -hmm. is part of the respect, um, one of the respect core values that they have. Mm -hmm. And so they just they just comment on that. And when it's used, so they don't know who's commenting, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Yeah. That when it's used, the behavior starts to shift. Mm -hmm. Because the feedback is, you know, we know that, and we've talked about this, that you're late four out of five days. Mm -hmm. That impacts the team. It impacts the business. It impacts your patients and impact whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that it's, it's a critical component. It's like, it is like peer pressure, but it's really done in a non-threatening way. It's a, a feedback loop. And so mm -hmm. I have to help the leadership. How do they deliver that message? How do they meet and share um, mm -hmm. This is what the rest of your team has observed. I hate to use the word rating, yeah. judged. It's not that. Your goal is to help infuse um, proper attitudes and proper behavior. Mm -hmm. And feedback from everyone can do that. Sometimes people will um, find that they just don't want it, can't abide by it, and they leave. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that's... That's okay. Yeah. It's probably best okay. for both in that situation. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, you know, a word that showed up for me when you talked about, you know, maybe it's not peer pressure, but it's, it, on a, I hear it almost as support, right? It's like, mm -hmm. how can we all support each other in, yes. in continuing to live out the, the commitments we made to, to this culture, you know, and to yes. the values that we, we've, we've agreed upon yep. and how yep. we've talked about bringing those values to life in the work that we do. And, and that, that shift in framing from like, you're being rated and pointed at and whatever to I'm supporting you and, and getting people comfortable with the idea of 
receiving that support. Yes. Because again, I think our instinct can be to like get defensive. But if, yeah, you, of course. If, if you help people draw the line from that support allows you to be better at your job and creates more opportunity for you and allows you to show up in a way that more people will recognize and value. Um, and, you know, assuming those things matter to you, mm-hmm. that that will work. And again, like you said, if those things don't matter to you, you may not want to be here because you're, you're just <laughs> yeah. never going to show up in a way that that supports anybody. But but that that kind of language, I think, can take a process that can feel intimidating and make Absolutely. it much more um, unifying, you know, which is so critical when you're talking about teams, right? It is. And that's why have learning how to have use words that mm-hmm. create conversations that matter mm-hmm. are a critical part of that. Yeah. Um, and it just is. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and you, you've, you've mentioned that idea, like, do you coach people specifically on that? And if so, how can you, if somebody shows up and let's say they've received some feedback that, that the way they deliver whatever it is, whether it's feedback or instructions or anything is, um, or the way they engage in conflict is disruptive, let's just say, or, or it's received negatively. How, how can you work with somebody to get them to see that a better way of communicating will benefit not just the person who's frustrated, but the person who's delivering that communication? Yeah, um, it's helping. So it's coaching them through the awareness piece again. So mm-hmm. this is a biggie. This is a biggie yeah. in any business. It, mm-hmm. it really is. So people need to first realize, understand that the words they're choosing mm-hmm. to uh, create for that conversation, they need to realize that the person in the other side is receiving it a certain way. Now, mm-hmm. granted, you know, some people just can't receive any kind, no, no matter what, mm-hmm. but it's helping them understand. Um, and this is, this came from my, another certification on uh, conversational intelligence. Mm. That's really what helped because it's the neuroscience and what happens to our brain and conversation mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. bunch of other things. But mm-hmm. when I, sh- I usually share that information with people ahead of time. So they understand what creates distrust and what creates trust mm-hmm. in conversations. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and what type of conversations lead to distrust and what words to trust. So we craft conversations, honestly. Mm-hmm. around those things and yes in tone body language facial all these yeah. other things yes mm-hmm. we know those are all important mm-hmm. but i really people don't even know where to start sometimes in conversations because they go into a session or a meeting biased and triggered already mm-hmm. so what words come out mm-hmm. are not where the conversation they wanted it to go. Yeah. So I help them actually write scripting for conversations. So we practice mm. conversations. We they create scenario. Part of the work is creating scenarios or bringing scenarios to the the coaching. Mm-hmm. I do group coaching as well, and they mm-hmm. bring those oh, and. Nice. And then we create scripting that mm-hmm. they can take back and use, and then they gradually start to create and bring those into our coaching session and we coach around that. Mm. So people know what it's like to have a conversation that really, that was easy. 
that was yeah. successful. Uh -huh. I don't know why I didn't do that ahead of time. Well, it's because you didn't have the tools. Well, yeah, right. And I think, you know, we, we learn how how to talk to people through just years of being spoken to and speaking to people. That's and, right. And, and we don't necessarily get super good at learning what's effective and what's not, right? We just... Right. Or when something isn't effective, we our instinct is to blame the other person and think that they're mm -hmm. not hearing me the way I, they should be hearing me. Um, Correct. So I, I love that conversational intelligence language. I think already that just opens something when you hear that. And then the mm -hmm. idea of scripting, I think some people might be like, oh, my gosh, I have to script what I have to say. But then it's like. It's almost like you're re rewiring those neurons so yes. that when when that conversation opportunity shows up, down the road, now it's more natural for you to speak in the way that is going to be more beneficial for everyone involved. You bring up an excellent point, TJ, because people often, when I do these um, in workshops, people often say, well, isn't the script unauthentic? It's not yeah. genuine. Mm -hmm. And I can see where they're coming from, from that. But in yeah. order to shift how we respond, we have mm -hmm. to be intentional. And in order yeah. to be intentional, we have to practice um, how we and visualize how we might want that to go. Mm -hmm. And so writing it down helps that is a process that I use and that helps. Mm -hmm. Some people might talk into um, a dictaphone or a microphone, yeah. dictaphones and old thing, isn't it? Okay, showing, my, <laughs> showing my age here. But, yeah. <laughs> but but they whatever avenue they yeah. use you have to be intentional about practicing it to mm -hmm. make it a habit yeah no it makes a lot of sense and i think you know it's funny because when i i was thinking like do i do this and i don't always write it down although once in a while i will but i do tend to have i play out scenes in my head my my yeah. inner my inner monologue becomes an inner dialogue with whomever i might be talking to and i just like you know, and the first few drafts are not great. <laughs> no. I, you know, I, you know I, I, I fall into the patterns that create yes. the lack of mm -hmm. trust. And it's like you get that sort of bitterness that comes out. And then it's like, well, yep. I don't want that conversation. And then <laughs> you, you hopefully work your way through it where you go, well, maybe if I come at it this way, um, it can work better. And it, it also made me come back to the you know, you're talking about the why earlier and and for those who are listening who may not be familiar with it it's just this wonderful discovery tool to you know help you find your why you know you might be familiar with simon sinek and his whole thing about finding your why and and this tool is just like i don't know what is that the, the why part of it? it's only like five or six minutes i think it's super quick yeah. and yeah. and and you discover your why and it's not maybe what you think because you might be thinking the why is some grand purpose like yes. to you know to cure some disease or something and it's like you now your why is kind of like how you show up in the world and what what really is your prime driver as as a person and you know for me mine is make sense and i'm just driven to solve problems and you know take things that feel complicated and find a way to have them make sense and i find it's a really useful conversation sharpening tool as well for people to have that yes. insight into what your teammates are driven by, you know, uh, because when I, I might meet somebody who's, um, you know, maybe they're driven, you know, more of a right way person and they're really driven by things like, this is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. But I might go, well, that way doesn't make sense to me. And they might be like, well, who cares? It works. 
And I'd be like, yeah, but it doesn't make sense. And then we're just going to butt heads. But at least if we know that about each other, it's like, okay, I can be like, you like that it works. I like things that work too. You know, you know, do you mind if I, if I offer up some thoughts I have on other things that might work, you know, and it just yeah. at least, you know, and then when there's resistance, you get it. Um, so I, I think that can be a wonderful tool and there's other assessments that can help in that way too. But I think understanding where somebody's coming from at just a very foundational level can be such a powerful beginning to becoming yeah. better at talking with the people on your team. Have you found that with, with the why? Oh, yeah. oh 100%. And, yeah. you know, it's one of the teams, particularly I'm working with in Arizona, mm -hmm. they have until they have until this week, they had one right way person on there. Mm -hmm. And she's she's probably eventually going to be the office manager, but she's and it was this way, this way, this way. She's mm -hmm. also better. She's a better way. How? Uh -huh. Yeah. And <clears throat> so it created um, some angst and a little bit of resistance in the team until we did the the matrix. So mm. the whole team, for those of you listening, we do a team matrix. So we create everybody's why, how, and <laughs> and what. And we had a discussion around it. Now they make they joke about it yeah. and they say, oh, there Christine goes again because she <laughs> is the right way right. and she is by the book. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's okay for yeah. what she does. Mm -hmm. And so, and somebody else asks a ton of questions. Well, they're clarified. They're clarified. And yeah. yeah. And so it's really nice because this is a team that, that has 72% of their top three whys are trust. I have mm. never seen that. Wow. Before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's, it I, is fascinating. Yeah. I, I love the matrix because I think that's the eye-opening moment where you, and, and it's eye-opening yeah. both in like, oh, that person's that, that person's that, but then you yep. do get the sense of like, what is our makeup, you know? And yeah, as a exactly. leader, you get a chance to go like one, if that's my makeup now, how do I best sort of leverage everyone's why to get them yep. motivated and excited and maybe bigger picture do i have the right mix of of of, of whys you know you know you know certain businesses you might be like i've only got one right way i need 10 right ways we've got a lot of process <laughs> and we need to have that done yep. others it might be like we have 10 right ways and it's like a really creative business that that just needs people to be thinking of mm -hmm. better ways or simplifying things or making sense yep. and it's like oof, we might need to rethink that or at least re think yeah. who does what and that's the other thing i think you can come out of right it's like let's lean into this person's right way let's lean into this person's trust more yes. and think a little bit more about how their roles are defined to potentially tap into their their strength and what really drives them yes and i think it really has helped the teams i've done it with a couple of teams on a regular basis and we keep the conversation going in the team mm -hmm. coaching sessions and uh, I'll always wrap, weave things into it so they can always discuss um, those pieces. And, mm -hmm. and they just get to, to, this is a tight knit team. And um, it's really interesting to see how they've changed some of their dynamics um, mm -hmm. by incorporating that into it. And people, like we talk about, people think, oh, just another assessment. They need to realize it's just, it's not an assessment. Mm -hmm. It is a tool about what drives them mm -hmm. that most people don't know yeah or you know it but you can't articulate it yep. meaning you feel it and that's kind of where i was like as soon as i saw it make sense 
it made sense. It was like, <laughs> but if somebody said, what's your why? I never would have said makes sense. No, it would just, I don't, you, so it's giving you the language, which when you talk about having conversations, like it's all about having the right language to use at the right time. And I think that's the beauty of a tool like that is it gives you that language. And then I love some of that conversational intelligence stuff where it's like, now you're really breaking it down into in this conversational situation, what language do I need to bring to the table, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And TJ, I think the biggest thing that is so different about some of the work that, you know, coaches or that I'm doing is it's not, I can write and talk all day about this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. Mm -hmm. People need to have practical applications. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to have something that they can, they can use on a regular mm -hmm. basis. That's easy, mm -hmm. applicable, understandable, and effective. Yeah. And I think that's what we're missing so much when we talk about oh, these are the tools you need to do. These are the 10 steps, how you do it. That kind of, mm -hmm. That's fine. But if people don't know how to implement it or don't have the practice or the support to implement it, it doesn't become part of their uh, daily activity. Fully agree with that. I feel like it's like when you hear a great speaker or something and you come away just filled with all the endorphins and I'm going to change everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if there was no takeaway for you to then like tools to actually implement and and activate it in your life or work or whatever yeah by within a week you're just back to doing it's what gone. you're doing and that was like that's, just a cool talk you listen to you know that's right um, that is and, that is right yeah so i think it's it's really wonderful the way you are building that infrastructure for people because that's like it, it's probably 80 percent of the work and i think as coaches we can spend a lot of time in that 20% of the thinking and the, yes. the pondering and the coming up with insights, which are critical, but yes. without that activation standpoint, things don't happen. Things don't change. Mm -hmm. Things don't grow. Nope. Yeah. No, they don't. Um, no. Yeah. I, I, one other thing that, that I know you, you are doing a bit of is, is speaking. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to, to get a sense of, how does that complement what you're doing in the sort of coaching yeah. world? How does that help you, uh, you know, bring a message to people and, and activate them in a different way? Yeah, you know, it's that's a that's another good question. I love speaking because I like interactive speaking. So mm -hmm. when I speak either at a conference or with the team, and it's I like educating, but I like engaging the audience. Mm -hmm. So, and because it kind of goes along with what we've been talking about is getting people to be able to see and visualize themselves doing it. Mm -hmm. Not just, Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. Now what do I do with it? They mm -hmm. need to be able to visualize themselves doing it, which is a, a, the first step. Mm -hmm. So speaking for me helps share the energy level, mm -hmm. um, the concepts, Mm -hmm. Um, I like to uh, create aha moments for people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm kind of an outside of the box mm -hmm. person. So I will challenge, I will challenge them uh, mm -hmm. from that standpoint, but I use the coaching concepts, um, of asking questions we do not have the answers to. I ask those and mm. during my ski peak speaking engagements, nice. because I think, yeah, I like to, it's just, for me, it's got to be interactive. I don't like mm -hmm. talking at people. 
Yes, yeah. part of speaking is that because you're educating depending on the venue. Sure. But I really like motivating people to really think, mm, okay, I can mm -hmm. visualize how this might work. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that it kind of it connects very much to the process of your coaching where it's it's both the the insight and the information, but then like you said, it it allows you to step into it and mm -hmm. start to to mentally at least build the muscles that you're gonna need to yes. go do yes. the thing. You know? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Um is there anyone, you know, I'm obviously focused on desuckifying work and I think about <laughs> You know, that's part of the whole reason for this podcast is just bringing on people who are doing these wonderful things. Is there anybody out there in the world that you've seen or connected to that you think, you know, people need to be aware of because they're doing really cool stuff in this desuckification space? <laughs> oh, my gosh. There, I mean, there's so many. There's a ton of motivational speakers for sure. Mm hmm. Um, I think oh, I can I can name, you know, I, obviously a lot of people know about John Maxwell's work. A lot of people mm -hmm. know about um, Simon Sinek's work and mm -hmm. and um, the work that he is. He's a motivational guy. Um, another person I really like um, because she helps um, pull together some pieces with giving receiving feedback uh, mm -hmm. is Kim Scott with uh, Radical Candor. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. And uh, the conversational intelligence piece is uh, the Creating We Institute is um, is really nice because it gives people a framework to master um, and understand conversations. Mm -hmm. It's not just communication. So that's another that's not really people. The two founders are have now passed, but the mm -hmm. uh, organization is still very much alive. Mm -hmm. And so that's going well. But uh, oh, Gosh, I could list so so many of them, and there and there's motivational folks, mm -hmm. and there's people who uh, have crafted uh, different uh, strategies and tactics. There's so many good people out there, mm -hmm. um, and I think just um, reading and listening and learning uh, mm -hmm. from others is really critical. We never I stop learning. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Scott's an interesting one. I've, I've heard a couple of her talks on it. It's one of those ones that at first, again, it sounds a little intimidating, radical candor. It's like, uh Oh, <laughs> my teams love that. Yeah. They, yeah. But it's how it's, how I, how it's presented to them Yeah, and how they, and how they can use it. Um, and um, it really helps both sides. It helps those who have to, to give mm -hmm. and it helps those who have to receive. Mm hmm. Yeah. It seems like it would all be in the framing. Right. Because I think mm -hmm. and I think it all has to start with somebody having a growth mindset and knowing that yes. there's room for improvement. And then yep. it's like, well, this is a key, you know, you know, having those those candid conversations and like you yes. said, constructively and with grace and with with, you know, uh, you don't have to be harsh to be candid, mm -hmm. but you do have to be truthful and giving people the space and the tools to do that, even if that does yep. mean scripting it out and getting your words together and yep. being like, okay, I want them to know this. These are the words I need to use because otherwise yes. they hear it in a way that they just block it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's mm -hmm. what's really important, I think. It yeah. really works well. So those are the people that come to mind, you know, obviously yeah. right away. No, and I think when, so you know, when we share this, we can... Uh, we can add to the list, you know, yes. LinkedIn and stuff and just think of anybody else. But I just, I'm just always curious, you know, who people are inspired by. And, and you know, I love the, 
again, the, the conversational intelligence world, I think that is something that I think a lot of people will be like, hmm, I don't know if I have that where I need it to be right now. I want to explore that because I think we all well, know you- we can be better at it. Oh, and people ask me, what's the difference between conversational intelligence and emotional intelligence? Mm. So emotional intel- uh, conversational intelligence is an over, think of an, uh, an umbrella and, mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence sits under that as well, because that's a very specific component mm-hmm. of conversational intelligence, but it's much more, uh, uh, CIQ is much more broad than, mm-hmm. than that. Yeah, I, I can picture that. And it's, I don't know, it's got my curiosity to bring up one of the words we've used here a few times. I, 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 my curiosity <laughs> is piqued by that. Um, you know, another question I ask a lot of folks is, you know, how optimistic are you about the state of work? You know, I started by asking, you know, what do you th- yes. think we are? You know, are, are you optimistic about where we're headed? We have, well, I'm the eternal optimist, but mm. I, you know, but I also have to be, you know, practical and realistic. Mm-hmm. I think um, <clears throat> so much of the conversation that now comes into play is this AI thing. Mm-hmm. And a and AI um, is change is changing not only maybe how we work. It's changing, and it has the potential to change how we live. And I'm not saying that all in a positive way. Mm-hmm. One thing though that um, AI for me does not replace the connection, the human connection that mm-hmm. is necessary for us to have. Yeah. You, you cannot, you can mimic it. You can make mm-hmm. it look like that because they're already yeah. doing it, but yeah. it's just, there's, there's, there's no meaning there. And granted, I use AI to help create some content and some words and things sure. to give me ideas. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not, but it cannot replace. It is in many cases, replacing the work that humans do. And mm-hmm. so uh, to answer your question, you know, I think, um, Pete, you know, I'm I'm old as dirt, so you know, I have a different impression of work ethic than some other people might have, yeah. and I and so I think going forward, work is all about attitude, interest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. And I think what's happened in a lot of the younger folks is they don't have a purpose. They don't mm-hmm. know their purpose. Mm-hmm. They're not connected to anything. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a problem. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's, it's hard, right? Because yeah. first off, I agree with you completely about AI in the sense that it will never replace human connection. And if we allow it to just mimic it, and we don't have human connection. I, that's that's a, that's a doomsday scenario to me. But I think the 100%. good news is we it's in our power. Meaning we're yes. the, we're the humans here. We're the ones who are contributing to this, and we do have the ability to hopefully you know squeeze out all the benefit that we can out of it because there is a lot of positive upside. Oh, yeah. um, and really just continue to remind ourselves and demonstrate the value of human connection and and mm-hmm. perhaps even see how can ai create more space for human connection and can yes. it create more space for work that that truly relies on human yes. connection as yes. opposed to just kind of crunching stuff and 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 and, yep. and doing the more mechanical stuff can we can we allow ourselves to really show up at work 
and have that meaningful work. Um, and then I think on the purpose front, I think, you know, what's interesting when, you know, I think as, as generations change, there's so much more possibility. There, the avenues you can pursue in life from even 20 years ago have exponentially oh, yeah. grown. And so it, it's like, you know, it's like when, you know, you go to the supermarket and you're overwhelmed by all the choices and you just want to almost walk away and be like, I'm not getting anything. It's like, I think that might be happening for some people. It's like, there's so many things I could do. How could I possibly yes. zero in on something and then really allow myself to connect to that and develop a passion for it? Where I think, you know, certainly for, for me growing up, like there were a handful of avenues and you found them and, and it was just, okay, this is where I'm at. And I get and, and, I, and you discover your purpose and your purpose grows. So it's that, you know, the illusion of choice sometimes is actually, you know, can That's harm us in some ways. And yes. it's like, how do we, how do we create focus? And how do we, you know, like, that's a big challenge is like, how do we focus in, in the world today? How do we know where to put our attention? Um, yeah. You know, and, and I even coming back to that word of intention, it's like being really intentional with our time and our, uh, our, our humanity is what I think will get us through some of these yes. challenges, you know? Yes. And I think there's a, there's a reason that all these different things are happening because we need to re step back and we say, wait a minute, what's, what's really mm -hmm. important. I agree. Fully agree with that. And I think, you know, just to kind of piggyback on this conversation here, like we've kind of touched on it, but I like to ask people like, if you could just wave the magic wand and, <laughs> and work was fully desuckified. I'm out of a job and it's just, it's a perfect works world. What, what does that look like to you? In a perfect work world? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's probably idealistic, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think where people, um, and honestly, I think people need to be, um, more respectful. Mm-hmm more humble, mm -hmm. more grateful mm. and get their nose out of their navel. They need, <laughs> they need, they, and, and they need to be looking at what can I do to help others? Not just myself. Mm. It's yeah. serving others. Now this is a hard, that's hard, mm -hmm. but we, but the research is really very strong that when we give ourselves to others and serve others, or we volunteer, volunteer or do something it changes um our outlook it changes mm -hmm. how we approach things so yeah. but that that's a, this is a whole nother podcast because this <laughs> talks about you know parenting and mm -hmm. support systems mm -hmm. um and what's important family values um mm -hmm. and tradition are being torn yeah yeah i think it's again that there's so there's a lot there but i think that notion of you know, getting your nose out of your navel. I love that, that metaphor, because it's funny because in the work we do as coaches, we are helping people sort of understand themselves. But to me, the only point of understanding yourselves is so that you can then understand those around you better mm -hmm. and connect with them better. Yes. yes. How, however we can support that effort, whether, it, whether it's as coaches or like you talk about parents and teachers and all the different infrastructure yes. that we have, to help people recognize, yes, take care of yourself, know yourself, understand yourself, but, but don't allow yourself to either think too much of yourself. Or I think the other side is when you feel fearful, you do withdraw. 
And then all you're doing is looking at yourself and you become obsessed and, and all those yep. bad habits come about. So giving people avenues to come out of that, to show themselves to other people, connect with other people, um, is super critical. And I, you know, I, again, like you said, another podcast where we can begin to touch on that one, but, but I think those are wonderful ways of looking at making work better, you know, just getting to some of those core fundamental values um, that, you know, I I think they'll, it's interesting. They're, they're so simple, but they'll, they'll scrub away a lot of the complexity that appears Mm -hmm. to be in front of us. If you can just focus on that stuff, you know, that is very well said for sure. And I think, you know, in social media and those particular platforms have destroyed, honestly, Mm. the ability to, to connect. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you have to, you have to really work on on platforms to, to find ways to connect. And it's, uh, it's taken me a long time to to feel like those platforms are serving me instead of me me sort of serving them. Um, But in that full circle back to that notion, like, like, we want to be doing things that serve us, we want to be doing things that and that allow us to to free us to to be who we can be. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I like to end things on a slightly lighthearted note. We're digging into some deep stuff here, Judy. Yeah, and we I are. Think, um, you know, I've been asking people to contribute sound effects because, as you've heard, I use sound effects throughout you know my intros, and I'm a big cat guy, and I do all this goofy stuff. Um, do you have anything you'd like to share to add to the library? Yes. And so can you uh, share, can I, can you share your screen with me and I'll share it? Is that okay? Uh, let's see if I can do that. So is, it's a, there's a visual with it as well. No, no, it's just the sound. I can't, I don't know. Yeah, Why don't we try it? Think... Why don't we try it and see, I'll see, I'll, I'll tell you if it's coming through. I don't think it will. So let's, let's do this. Uh, okay. So let me try this. anything coming through yeah i can hear it but you You can't see (laughs) yeah yeah it's not i was just checking my audio settings but i don't see well you have to do a share you have to do a share screen with a share sound and then it then i play it (laughs) (laughs) all right it's a it's a purring okay Okay. it's a purring cat here we go uh i Put the screen sharing up. I don't know if that includes sound or not, but um, let's double check and see. (laughs) I don't want to take your time, but let's just see if we can give it another shot. Uh (laughs) I don't. Okay, I don't think it's going to. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. There it is. Sorry. There we go. Okay, now. Hmm. Okay, here we go. Mm-mm. You can't hear it. No, I can't. It's really weird. And I, you know, I, you know, I'll, uh, so I'll, let me try I'll, I'll, try. I'll ask you. Let me try it one more time. With the screen let share on. Yeah. Let's see how this goes. Okay. Let's try it one more time. And then I don't want to take a value. Oh, there we go. Well, that's very soothing. <laughs> I like that. I, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot. I wish I was like, can I make that sound? Uh, 
sounds like it's such a hard sound to make you know i can send you the little uh, i'll send you the little recording if that's a lot yeah yeah please do but i uh okay. yeah as a cat person i love there's a, there's almost no sweeter sound than the sound of a cat purring i think they've actually um quantified that it it actually lowers our blood pressure when we hear the sound of a cat purring um that's it, interesting yeah i really like it too and so that's oh yeah i love cats we don't have any but i love them and and the purring you're right it does so, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it, it's right at that yeah. perfect frequency that it just gets you. Um, the only other question I want to ask is, you know, I want people to have a chance to know how to find you and, and learn more about what you're doing in the world. So what are the best places to find you online? Yeah, well, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I, if they If they go to my Facebook page, I don't, I don't even go there. Okay. I don't, yeah. So my LinkedIn mm -hmm. is just my first and last name. They okay. can also, e they can also email me. Mm -hmm. Or they could go to my uh, website if they'd like to okay. uh, look at that as well. It's it's uh, growstrongteams.com. Growstrongteams.com. Awesome. I love that. Um, well, Judy, this has been a really wonderful conversation. I appreciate the perspective you bring. And you definitely like set off a lot of light bulbs in, in, my, in my brain around operationalizing some of this work, right? And not just talking about it, but bringing it to the, mm -hmm. to the floor and allowing it to, to, to be lived and not just thought about. And I think that's, yeah. that's such an important step. And, and I, think, uh, I think a lot of people listening will appreciate that. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It awesome. was really a lot of fun. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thanks, Judy. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for tuning in to the Desuckify Work Podcast. And thanks to Judy for being an eye-opening and curiosity-sparking guest. You can follow Judy on LinkedIn and visit her site at growstrongteams.com. I'm looking to grow my own strong team here at The Pudding Factory. So if you'd like to connect, collaborate, or create something magical together, let's talk. I'll put a link in the show notes if you'd like to set something up. See you next time, everyone. Bye.